0: As a listener to our podcast, I know that you love audio shows as I do. Audible is one of our sponsors and they have a deal for all of our listeners. If you sign up for an Audible account at audiblepodcast.com slash R-N-N that is A-U-D I-B-L-E P-O-D C-A-S-T dot com slash R-N-N Now when you do that, you're going to get one free audio book from their extensive selection now the cool thing is this if you decide to cancel at any time and that could be three hours later a week later you get to keep that free audio book so go to audiblepodcast.com slash rnn and sign up today i signed up and i've now listened to over 300 books so go to audiblepodcast.com slash rnn today and get your free book
1: All right. We'll wait here. Right. (laughs) Oh, I thought that Rosa might have seen us, didn't you? My heart nearly flaming. Stop beating. Look. I might as well say this now. Oh, oh, right. Make sure we've got this crystal clear at the outset. Right. If you get yourself knocked off tonight, mate, if you get yourself propped, if you do a ruddy jam jar on me. Right. I'm taking a milky penneth, and I'm leaving you to face the oxo on your Jack Jones, all right? Right. I only want to make myself clear. I'm no steamer, mate. I know, mate. I'm no kite. No. But I've been fullied and I never want to get fullied again. Have you ever done a tray on the cave grinder? No, I I can honestly say I... No, I I don't think so, no. Well, I have sunshine, so don't you black it up. That's all I'm saying. I won't. I won't. Don't you flaming black it up.
2: The Adventures of Inspector Steed by Lynn Truss. Episode 2, Separate Tables.
3: Dear Father, well, things have progressed a little since my last letter. Since my fortnight at Scotland Yard, I feel so sure that criminal records are the way forward for police work. But I made the mistake last week of taking the inspector to see that excellent film The Long Arm, in which a clever safe-breaker's identity is discovered by officers doggedly matching criminal records to the known facts, and I fear I may have made matters worse than they were before. Nearly done it, Mrs G. It was still tuned to the Sergeant's Radio Luxembourg. Ah, oh, bless him.
4: Where is he now, eh? Well,
3: to be frank, Mrs G, he seems to be virtually everywhere.
4: True, true. Every time he bleed and look round. Do you think he actually will carry out his threat to kill the inspector, dear? I suppose he might. Well, I've made us both a nice cup of tea, dear. No point in us all suffering unnecessarily, eh? Ah, here we are. Yeah, here, the BBC Home Service. And, oh, just in time. Oh. And now,
3: at nine o'clock, we go over to our studio... I'll the the Regency flicks the other evening, Mrs G, to see the long arm.
4: Well, I hope you brought my a bag of nuts to and make up for right, it, dear. It makes a jolly impressive case for the, the use of night, criminal records. I oh, know, dear. <laughs> I went with Vince. Oh, We're we he laughed. Oh, it's oh, running. Oh, running. Oh, oh, dear. Oh, no. Here you are, dear. Good evening, <laughs>
2: This is it. I'd like to talk to you all tonight about a widespread misconception concerning modern British policing methods.
4: Quite right, too, dear. In recent
2: British films, which seem to dwell disproportionately on the frankly minuscule criminal element at work in the shadows of this generally safe and pleasant and law abiding oh, land, no, no. you will have seen how police detective work is nowadays represented as, well, ha <laughs> ha. Almost a scientific business. The mm-hmm. <laughs> buffins with microscopes examine flecks of incriminating paint. Mm. <laughs> Other chaps dust for fingerprints. In these stories, and let me remind you they are only stories, <coughs> criminals are seen to be caught not by good old honest police work performed by good old flat-footed men on the beat, uh. but by smooth chaps in mohair suits riffling through files in an office as if they were. And it pains me to say this. As if they were slips of girls. Now, let me tell you something. Let me set something straight. And I'm speaking to all of you, to every single one of my listeners.
4: Here it comes, dear. Hold on, Jerome. Cleverness is all very useful in its place. But
2: in the police force, cleverness, sheer brain box intellectualizing little gray cell cleverness, can never replace the tireless application of shoe leather on tarmac.
4: Oh, Lord, your face, dear. You should see your ruddy face.
3: I heard your broadcast, sir. Excellent. Mm.
2: Ovaltine, I love these mugs, don't you? Mm.
1: Mm.
3: It was... it was very
2: powerful, sir. Jolly good. It seems odd to be here in Luigi's without Brunswick, doesn't it? I have to say, I feel as though he's still here with us in some special
3: way. As if he's still close by. Well, technically speaking, sir, he isn't far. Well, what do you mean, in, um, in spirit? He's behind the counter, sir. Is he where? There, sir. Where? Just there, sir. <gasps> oh, my God! That's Brunswick! I had a feeling you hadn't spotted him, sir. I wonder, therefore, if it's worth pointing out that Mrs Groynes is also present, sir. Is she where? In the corner booth with Ventriloquist Vince.
4: Um. Oh, yes.
3: And I don't suppose it's worth mentioning that Diamond Tony and an interesting unknown villain, sir, who were also in that corner, have just finished two frothy Coffees. Hmm? Uh, One of which the unknown villain happened to stir absent-mindedly with the barrel of a Colt 45 until Diamond Tony told him to put it away because he noticed the copper's present. Meaning us, sir. Did Brunswick see us? Well, yes, sir, I think he did. Are you sure? He might not have done. I I think he must have done, sir. Hmm? He served us. Uh. He's also been staring at us since we sat down. My lip-reading skills are a little bit rusty, but what he appears to be saying repeatedly is... I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'll flaming kill him. I'll kill him, sir. Hmm. The, The word flaming is relatively easy to pick out, sir, if you care to look, as it involves an unambiguous labiodental fricative. Oh. oh, look, he's coming over, sir. Oh, you finished with that dish, have you, Inspector? Yes, yeah, thank you. Chocolate sauce, all right, was it? It was lovely, yes. Why? I'll kill him. Oh. I'll
1: flame and kill
3: him. I, I, I'm still drinking my overseen, sir, but uh, if you'd like no, to take... No, no,
1: you carry on, son. I've got no argument with you. Oh, it was an
2: accident, Brunswick. For pity's sake. Gosh. We were on the ghost train. The man had put his hands around my neck. How was I to know he was just reconstructing a moment from Brighton Rock? I'm sorry. Please, sir. I don't, I'm sorry. I killed the man you'd waited all your life to meet. What, what more can I say? But it was self defense. I promise you it was self defense.
1: Sorry, Mike. Just collecting some empties. What can I get you? Oh, yeah. Two more of these frothy coffees and a rum bar bar.
4: You're a, a friend of Tony's, then?
1: Why was that copper shouting at you?
4: You see what I have to put up with, Vince? Sometimes I think being a criminal mastermind in this town, masquerading as an armless char lady in the police station, just ain't worth a bleeding candle, dear.
1: Ta! It's a ruddy nightmare, Mrs. Jill. Oh. That fella Branswick, he's getting on my ruddy nerves, that's what. Used to be he undercover.
4: We know where he ruddy is. We could keep an eye on him in those days, Vince. Exactly! We keep the eye on him. Whenever we get cheese off of him, we get someone ready to shoot him. He didn't
1: mind. Exactly. He did a mind. Easy peas. Bang bang, up a Sussex County, bunch
4: of flower, no art feeling. Life was beautiful, Mrs. G. Life was pretty beautiful. And now, well, I know, dear. He's gone loco, dear. One minute he's selling the Argus, the next he's planting spring bulbs in the plot by the clock tower, then he's accordion dancing up the epidrome. And meanwhile, Mr. Freedom Cleverclocks over there is drawing maps of the town, putting in little pins showing where every job's been done, looking for a pattern. He's only made a file on every known villain in this town, Vince. Every known villain? Yes, dear, including you. You know what he said about that jewellery job I done last week, dear? He said it had all my all marks.
1: Ah, knock his ruddy
4: block off. And you know what he's doing next, of course? Once he's got a file on every known villain in this town... What? He's cross-referencing.
3: <gasps> on the beat, sir? Mm-hmm. You want me to go on the beat? But the record, sir... Please, I'm so close. This must be a joke, sir. Please, don't take that tone with me,
2: Twitten. I've had enough of all this nonsense with maps and statistics and file cards. I've said it before. That sort of clerical work is for girls. Oh. If you want a job for a girl, go and work in the florist, Twitten. Go and work in Maison Fufu's or Freeman Hardy and Willis. Oh, sir. Oh yes, I repeat, Freeman Hardy and Willis.
4: Every known villain? Blimey, Riley. Every known villain? What are we going to do? Yeah, who's that over there with Tony?
1: There you go. Ah,
4: oh. never seen him before, mate.
1: Unknown, mate. He's what you call the Villa Unknown. Yeah, what about my barber? It's coming! I've only got one pair of elastics, mate. Afternoon. Well.
4: Afternoon, dear. Here, Tony, mind if we join you and your new friend for a minute? I've had a little idea.
1: Good night! Good night! (laughs) Well, that was all right. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'll flame and kill him. I'll kill him. Oh! Oh, hello. Sorry, you startled me. Evening. You were in earlier. You were uh you're not from round here. <laughs> Room barber. <laughs> you ought to be a Rosa, mate, with a brain that sharp. <laughs> me? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> me, a Rosa! <laughs> Look. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, what? It's a job, mate. Really? Right. A ribs job. Right. Although I don't think I've ever heard the um... a simple four-way ribs job, under out zigzag flagpole guy boss done, right? Can you manage the zigzag? Oh, I absolutely good. Good man. That's settled then. We ramp the crib at half past nine. We pink the flimsy sixty-five thirty-five. What do you say? Y- you are asking me to assist you in a crime? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm in, mate. You're in. What is in? It means I'll do it. You should say it, then. First roll in this business, Sunshine, say what you're flaming me. What really
3: worried me about being sent on the beat was that I would return to the station and find Mrs Groynes had destroyed all my files. So it was quite a surprise when I came in the next morning to find her doing quite the opposite. When I arrived, in fact, she was in the middle of explaining the virtues of the system to Inspector Steen. Hello? Although first, I had to get through a locked door.
4: Sir? Inspector Steen? Sir? Sir? Sir, it's me, sir, the door. Oh. Sorry about that, dear. The inspector.
3: Oh. Oh, I
2: see. Well, it just occurred to me daft to leave it unlocked all the time. Oh, absolutely, sir. Uh, shall I lock it again? No, but why not? <laughs> thank you, Tritton. I mean, we don't want just anyone coming in. We <laughs> don't,
4: dear. Especially not someone with a blood grudge and, oh, I don't know, a great big hammer, for instance. Uh, that's right, Miss Gray. Oh, I don't know, a Stanley knife uh, y- or a Yes, yes, or yes. Or
3: thank you, thank you. Hey, Oh, uh, thank you. Um... Uh, Pardon my asking, sir, but are those my files? Yes, yes, they are. I I know you didn't want me to continue with them, sir, but I can explain.
2: No need, no need. Mrs Grimes has been taking me through them. (laughs) And I have to say, very interesting they are too. Very interesting. Really, sir? Is is this true, Mrs Gawkins?
4: I know, I wasn't convinced at first, dear. I said to you, didn't I, constable? I said, all that typing, all that filing, that ain't a job for a man, dear. (laughs)
3: That's what I said, too, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is.
4: (laughs) That's a job for a girl, I said.
2: (laughs) Yes, my words, exactly. Mm.
4: Mm. You might as well work in a ruddy shoe shop. (laughs) Yes. But then I thought, well, look more closely, Palmyra. Can I, dear? Um, go ahead. Look, card at random, here we are. Here's the constable's card for, well... For Vince. Uh, would that be Ventriloquist Vince, the uh, Punch and Judy man? That's the very fella, Inspector. Oh, not much gets past you now, does it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, not much, no. So,
4: what's it say here? Let's see. This is Vince, don't forget. Uh, Ventriloquist Vince. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Embezzler. Oh, you see, already a specialist. Mm. <laughs> Convictions five, works alone. So, according to your theory, dear, he'll always work alone. Is that right?
3: Uh, that's right.
4: History of weapons, none. Hmm. Working area, Kemptown district, then personal details. Strong foreign accent, threatening manner, Punch and Judy man, friend of Mrs Groins, distinctive phrases. Knockies block off for him and no mistake. And blimey O'Reilly. Oh, that's very good, that is. Uh, Thank you. It's as if he was in the room.
2: Uh, So the idea is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that that you now file Vince's name under embezzling and under works alone and under no weapons, uh, Kemptown and so on. Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, Well, I can't see the harm. Really, sir? I think we should give it a try, at least. I mean, I've got to be honest about this. If someone said to me that he'd been recently embezzled in Kemptown by someone who said in a foreign accent, Blimey O'Reilly, I'll knock his block off for him, and no mistake, and and didn't use any weapons or accomplices, but accidentally left behind one of those swazzle, that's the way to do it, things, and a hand puppy with a hooked nose and a bell on his hat, well, (laughs) I personally wouldn't know where to start. I appreciate your honesty, sir, and I know that's true. Hmm. Whereas with this system of yours, Twitten, all lines of inquiry would lead us straight to Vince. I never thought I'd say this, but
3: good work, Constable. Good work. I can't believe it. Thank you, Mrs. Quines. I don't know what you've done... Why do
4: you pick one at random, dear?
3: Oh, um, all right. <laughs>
4: Take a card, any card.
3: <laughs> what fun. Uh, right. <laughs> we ought to do this every morning.
4: Who'd you get, then?
3: Oh, uh well, uh, not such a well-known villain. Oh. I got a chap called... Chinese Jim. I've well, never heard of him. I don't think I have either. I don't even remember yeah, typing what's this, this study, one. Dear? Uh, well, um, Chinese Jim. Housebreaker, 10 convictions, mm. works Clifton area, smokes players' cigarettes, means of entry, skylights, weapons history, guns, lead piping, knives, ooh, and so on. Ooh, dear. Chinese Jim? I, I really
4: can't. Well, all this standing around Jordan won't put a glass and a half of full cream milk into every pound of Cadbury's now, will it,
2: dears? <laughs> no, well,
3: Mrs. G, what a character
2: you are. <laughs> Oh, is that door still locked? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Oh, well, um, carry on. Do
4: you know what I think?
2: Uh, no, what, Mrs Grimes? Sit down again, dear. Oh, um, all right.
4: Well, I think three things in all. I think, first of all, that that desk lamp of the constable's needs a decent polish, so I'd like to take it home with me tonight. And, oh, I know... Perhaps you could give me a lift in your lovely big umber car, dear. About half past nine?
2: Well, well yes, of course, Mr. Croynes. Why not? Half past nine? It is a beautiful car, isn't it? Oh,
4: stunning, dear. Those <laughs> running boards. Yeah. Now, my second little idea is that the constable stay here and get this all-important cross-referencing done as soon as possible. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, the whole thing's ruddy useless until that's finished. Am I right? Well, yes. And uh... the last thing is, what do you say, the very next nab... By which I mean the very next arrest, dear. Oh, right, yes. Should be down to the constable's new system. Like a test, do you see? Excellent. What a good idea. (laughs) Wonderful, (laughs) yes. No, I don't understand. Next time there's a break-in, an embezzlement, a robbery or whatnot... Yes. Even if we know who's done it... Right. We see how the files solve it and judge them accordingly. Oh, excellent. What fun! But what if the You'd crime... better start typing, dear. By my calculations, this lot will take you all night. A
3: sense of foreboding came over me, of course. Why was Mrs Groyne supporting me in my criminal records plans? How I wish there was someone I could talk to. As it happened, I was due to meet Sergeant Brunswick under the pier at 4pm... But, of course, he firmly believes, like Inspector Steen, that there is no more to Mrs Groins than meets the eye. Plus, of course, he had a few problems of his own.
1: Um, ribs
3: job. No. Uh,
1: Zigzag. No. Steamer. Sorry, sir. Oxo.
3: Uh, That's a sort of gravy, sir.
1: I know that, Twitten. I know that.
3: Have you been falling into bad company, sir. Best
1: you don't know, son. Best you're kept out of it.
3: Being permanently undercover must be very exciting, sir. Yes. You must be very
1: happy. Oh, yes, son. Time of my ruddy life
3: down these mean streets a man must... Shut up, twin. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, Mrs Groyne sent you this, sir.
1: An Eccles cake!
3: Why don't you come back, sir?
1: Oh, an Eccles cake! And it's still warm!
3: Well, that's probably from my coat pocket, sir. Oh! Naturally, I was very concerned about the sergeant but I was concerned about quite a number of things. Why did Mrs Groins suddenly want to polish my desk lamp? Why was she taking it home? Why was she keeping me out of the way in the office, typing cards all night? This is impossible. It can't be done. Mrs Groins is a cunning, cunning, cunning criminal, as I have every reason to know. But What was she up to this time? And who on earth was Chinese Jim?
1: Who's that? There's someone coming! Oh, keep your gollies on, blimey! Vince? Uh, it's rather really dark, mate. Vince! Oh, no! Who's this? Can't see his ruddy face, mate. He's one of us. That's all you need to know. Here. Oh, what is it? You know what to do.
4: Oh.
1: I said. You know what to do. He knows what to do. He don't bloody know what to do. Yes, he does. I know what to do! You see, he
4: knows what to do. You bloody don't, mate. I do! Left here, Mrs. Croynes. That's right, dear, and just down the hill a bit. This is very good of you, I must say. How are you planning to get that big heavy
2: lamp back to the station when it's all polished? What lamp's that, then? Well, that one. The one you needed the lift for.
4: Oh! That's a very good question. I hadn't thought that far ahead. (laughs) Well, all this sitting around jawing won't bring back the late lamented queen of crime, Dorothy L Sayers, who just died. God bless her, will it now, dear? (laughs) No,
2: I suppose it won't. (laughs) Uh, Right.
4: (laughs) A bit more. Oh, right. bit more. This is it.
2: Right. I'll, um, I'll help
4: you with that. Hold on. Oh, very much. I'll just, uh... Oh, careful with the horn, Mrs J. Oh, sorry, dear. Was that me? Oh, I'm ever so sorry, dear. Oh, blimey. Must have got my foot caught.
1: So, that's the signal? Of course it's the signal. Blimey, Riley! Look, I did tell him what to do. <sighs> What's wrong with you? Nothing! <sighs> Give it to me, mate. If you want something ruddy done, you do it your ruddy self.
4: Well, Inspector, that was ever so kind
1: of you. Oh, think nothing
2: of it. Well, think something of it. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it again, obviously, so don't ask me. Well, good night. I said, good night, Mrs Croynes. That's my arm, Mrs. Groins. I know,
4: dear. Could you let go? I'm sorry. Uh, Just let go of my arm. Oh, I'm showing such a weak side. Oh, is that what's happening? It's just that sometimes, dear, a woman living on her own does get a bit worried about, you know, violent crime and whatnot. Oh, surely not,
2: Mrs. Groins. As you and I both know, the world is much safer than it's cracked up to be. Anyway, I'll be off now.
4: Bye. So you can let go now. Just let go of you, would not Let go! You couldn't just come indoors with me, Inspector. Call me a silly old sausage, but I've got a kind of premonition. No
2: nonsense, Mrs. G. That's nonsense. Well, good night.
4: So quiet, Inspector. What's the time?
2: Just after half past nine.
4: Why? Listen, dear. Just listen to how quiet it is. How quiet. Yes, yes. How very, very quiet. Well, it uh, is... Oh, quiet. Oh, hallelujah. What was that? Oh, my god. Was that a... D- oh, no. It S- sounded like it come from my ass, Inspector. Uh, no, 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 I'm sure it didn't. Oh, my god. What if there's a burglar, dear? Oh. What if someone's breaking into my mm. house? Ah! Oh! They're definitely in my ass, Inspector. Mm. I reckon there might be three of them, at least. Oh. What can I do, Inspector? What can I do?
3: Little did I know, you see, but as I tirelessly stacked my piles of completed cards, and I didn't finish until 4 a.m., I was being stitched up like a proverbial kipper by the brilliant Mrs. Groynes. By the time I crawled into the office next morning, my dreams were literally being torn to pieces. Oh,
4: wonderful, wonderful Copenhagen. <genetics> <laughs> what? what are you doing? No, Stop no. it! No. Oh. Morning, dear. <gasps> what, 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 what are you doing? You're tearing up my cards. I was up all night. Orders from on high, dear. Sorry. How are you getting on, Mrs. G? Oh, morning,
2: Twitten. Now I don't want any whining from you about this, sir. Last night, thanks to good old-fashioned policing from myself, three men were caught in the act of breaking into Mrs. Groynes's house. No
4: word of a lie, dear. I was quaking in my boots, dear. Three men? Why would it take
2: three men, Luckily, sir? very little damage was done. Nothing was taken, and they ran off before I could catch them. But uh, we saw who they were, mm. Twitten. The only reason they are not now in custody is that Mrs Groynes, out of the kindness of her heart, persuaded me not to pursue them. In fact, she's persuaded me to put the whole incident out of my mind.
4: The thing was, dear, one of them was the sergeant. Mm,
2: It's true. Brunswick was one of the men. Can you imagine?
4: I was so shocked, dear. I was so shocked.
3: Mm. But but that doesn't explain why you're tearing up the records, sir. Oh, please, stop, just for a minute. I don't understand. The point is, Twitten. the point is, as Mrs Groins very
2: cleverly pointed out afterwards, had we arrived at the scene after the villains had fled, we would never have found them by using your records. Why not, sir? Because in all three cases, your records were useless. In the case of Vince... Vince was there doing a break-in, but he doesn't do break-ins, he's an embezzler. Precisely my point. You say he never does break-ins, yet there
1: he was.
3: Oh, sir. Oh, no. Oh, can't
2: you see, sir? You say he always works alone and so on. You say he only works in camp town. Oh. Then there was an unknown villain, a totally
4: unknown villain. I'd certainly never seen him before, dear. Well, there
2: you are, a total stranger. And in the case, as I say, of unknown villains, we have nothing on record because they are, as I have mentioned, unknown.
3: Oh, well, yes, sir, but that was all part And Mrs... in the
2: case of Sergeant Brunswick... Oh, all right. All right, I give up. All right. Hmm. Had we arrived at the scene after the crime, we would have found the following. A broken skylight, the butt of a player's cigarette, evidence of weapons. Add to this that the robbery took place in the Clifton area, Um. and all these facts would have pointed us to just one person and one person only, according to your files. Chinese Chinese Jim. Whoever he is. Yes. The same Chinese Jim who Mrs Groins informed me this morning became a Buddhist monk 10 years ago.
3: Oh, what a surprise.
2: And who is currently on retreat
3: in the Himalayas. (sighs) So that was the end of that. After the horror of being found red-handed in Mrs Groins' house, Sergeant Brunswick went even deeper undercover with the unknown villain. Now, listen carefully. I'm only going to say this once.
1: Oh, God.
3: And I was left with a dream. A dream of how policing might one day be done. Using brain and logic and scientific deduction instead of, let's face it, crass stupidity, gullibility and willful denial. Oh, Triton, what is it now? It's still the map, Inspector. What about the
2: map? Ah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I took the trouble to find the center point of all the incidents indicated on your map. Oh, you did, sir? Got I'm impressed, impressed, sir. And you know precisely where they all connect? Yes, sir.
3: At Mrs.
2: Groines' house, sir. Exactly. At Mrs. Groines' house. Ha-ha! <laughs> Twitten, how much more proof do you need that this approach of yours is absolutely worthless? Oh. <laughs> In The Adventures of Inspector Steen by Lynn Truss, Inspector Steen was played by Michael Fenton-Stevens, Brunswick, John Ram, Twitton, Matt Green, Mrs. Groins, Samantha Spiro, unknown villain, Adrian Bauer, BBC announcer and Diamond Tony, David Holt, and ventriloquist Vince, Ewan Bailey. The music was by Anthony May. The producer was Karen Rose. The Adventures of Inspector Steen was a Sweet Talk production for BBC Radio 4.
3: And next week...
4: He's off our map, see, this unknown villain.
3: You mean in terms of his insanely violent behaviour towards policemen?
4: No, dear. Well, what then? He's from the north, dear.